Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Shoot360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. So you talked a little bit about uh, analytics and how they do affect your coaching style. Are there any in particular that like these are our big four? These are the ones that we really pay attention to in practice and after games. You know, I I think that based on analytics, we always like to we're, we're our biggest philosophy defensively is we're a man foundation team. You know, we only allow our our middle school teams to run man. And our our sub varsities only run man. And then once once they get the varsity, you know, if we need to mix in um, some junk that particular year or some zone that particular year, then we we've done that as well. Um, but when we're as far as analytics go, we're so you saying out. that zone is junk. Are you saying that? Did you say that? <laughs> no, when I when I'm saying junk, I'm, I'm talking about are we going to not guard somebody? Or yeah. True triangle and two, true diamond and one. There's a lot of coaches out there that'll say like, yeah, we're going to throw some junk, maybe a zone at them. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I get it. Yeah. You're a man guy. No, <laughs> no, we're, you know, we are man. Yeah. We are a man program. Um, but like this year, for instance, we're, we're thinking about playing 50% zone. And, and so, um, it, it's not when I, when we reference junk, it's always no, I, I know. You know, true junk. So, yeah. But yeah, I like the running joke. It's kind of like what's true motion on offense. That's right. Um, uh, so, so back to what you were talking about. We normally look at um, we normally look at personnel matchups as far as analytics go. Who are our best defenders? What do we need to do in order to stop the other team? And or you know put our best on their best, or do we want to use our second or third best defender to guard their best player? Um, and, and so we start there because we our, our philosophy defensively has always been let's try to take the best thing or two that they do away or at least slow them down. And then we start working our way down the list from there. Um, and, and that's not revolutionary. I, I know that everybody does that. Um, then we try to weigh what their strengths and weaknesses are. You know, are they a team that, that likes to shoot the three or are they a team that likes to drive it to get it to the paint? Or are they a team that, that tries to throw the ball inside or their best players, post players? Um, and, and so breaking down the analytics of where they're getting their shots from um, is a big piece of what we do as far as scouting goes and using analytics. Um, and, and then, you know, keeping the other team out of transition, if, yeah. if that's something that they're good at. Um, you know, and a lot of that also has to do with type of personnel we have defensively. Are we able to pick somebody up full court to slow them down? Um, you know, or, or do we want to pick them up full court to try to speed them up if they're trying to play slow? Um, and, and so there's so many different ways and things that you can use numbers wise uh, that go into making those decisions. But those are some of the big things that we look at. Um, and, and a lot of it always has to do with how, how we built as a team. Um, you know, last year, for instance, um, we ended up about halfway through the year, we decided 
Um, you know, our rotation was kind of jumbled and, and we were trying to figure out where to play kids. And we ended up deciding kind of um, having two teams in one where we, we had a team uh, they came off the bench, get pressed, and and they um, played dribble drive. And then the team that we started, we we were more of a sagging man and, uh, you know, a high-low ball screen team. And, Straight and so five in, five out with that group? Or did you have we, some crossovers? We had one crossover, but we brought four off the bench that did that and then used one of the starters to do it. You know, it's the second time we've done that in my career. That's interesting, it. yeah. Yeah, we did it with the boys um, 10 or 11 years ago. We decided last year with the girls – uh, that that's how we were going to maximize our team. And that's always our goal. You know, let's let's get as good as we can get with the personnel that we have. And and that's what we ended up deciding to do last year. One thing interesting you said was about like man-to-man principles all the way through junior high. Junior high can only play man. I thought that way for a long time. Talking with Leslie Broadhurst he and how he was man-to-man for like – uh, years and years and then learned the uh, like amoeba zone and started going to that and then but he would have his junior high i'm actually i guess i'm looking for a little advice because we our base now is a three two pressure zone and my thought was if that is what i believe we're going to be good at for a long time and i do really agree with your first point of the whole deal with because everybody is attacking off the bounce there is less cutting and screening and it's more creating and getting in gaps. Let's just, let's take them out of what they work on 95% of practice by being in a zone. So I, I, I've seen it for three and a half years now that that's the truth, but he, my, my thought is I need to have our junior high running the running our zone so that they are comfortable coming up in it. But what, what are your thoughts on, should I keep them in man? Because I do believe man-to-man, like dribble drive is the offense behind every offense now. Man-to-man is the defense behind every defense. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so one of the biggest reasons that we only play man with our sub and our junior highs is offensive development also. So every day our whole practice is built around – you know, you can play three on three, you can play four on four and, and trying to develop some offensive firepower outside of our best one or two players. And so that's one of the biggest reasons that that we only play man exclusively. Um, but I can't argue with the fact of we we've definitely tinkered with the idea of allowing our junior high to play some zone, allowing our sub varsities to play some zone for the reasons that you just mentioned. Um, you know, the game's moving away from pass and cut, pass and screen, those type of things to more of a spread it out and play. And, and so that's something we're going to continuously look at as we as we move forward. Um, but one, one of the things that you just said a while ago, I think also is another big reason that we um, play man. And, and that's to um, make sure that if you can play good man defense, we feel like we can teach you to play a good zone defense with the same principles. You know, the zone that we're putting on this year with our older kids, it's been way easier to teach because they already understand if you're on, you know, if you're away from the ball, if you're on help side, yeah. you know, you, you got to be ready to rotate, whether it be stop the dribble or help the helper or whatever it is. Um, they, they're so well-versed in, in the man-to-man stuff that it's been way easier to teach the zone. That's what, that's a good point. And I feel like, we need to be using the same terminology, whether it is man or zone, because the idea that, oh, we're going to sit in a zone now, 
forget everything you've just done with man to man. Like, I mean, you're still moving on the flight of the ball. You still have to be on their shoulder to take away what we would call seven, an open jump shot. You still have to be in gaps, two pass away. You still have to be on the wall in the paint. But there is this almost a disconnect of like in man to man, we grind. And then in a zone, we stand and watch. I think if you can teach a zone like you teach man to man, man, that's going to, that thing's going to be dynamic. And on the flight of the ball, you're going to be five people. You're going to see five people moving like a flock of birds do. Yeah, that's a great point. If you, if you can get them to, you know, intermingle and, and to where the, the uh, terminology is the same and you're kind of teaching the basic principles the same. Um, you know, I think it makes it easier to bounce back and forth. You know, there's, there's so many different ways to skin a cat. What's funny is, is we're actually thinking about this year um, doing it almost opposite of kind of what you just said, where our man principles are, we're, we're always going to put good ball pressure, but we're, we're more of a, not necessarily a pressure. We're not really getting in the lanes, um, in the passing lanes. Um, so we're going to play it more of a, uh, I, I wouldn't say a safe, but just more of a, hey, let's keep the ball out of the paint. Um, you know, let's try to force perimeter shots. Whereas our zone, we're trying to teach them to be ultra aggressive in it. Mm. And get right up underneath their chin. And if you get beat off the bounce, no big deal, because we have the next person ready to to jump the ball. And so, you know, it's just funny when you talk to different coaches, everybody has different things and different viewpoints on how they, how they view different defenses. But I love the idea behind that, especially the pressure in a zone, because the moment that a team goes into their zone offense, they typically stand. They're less aggressive. So, like, it makes sense. Instead of sitting back and allowing them to stand and be less aggressive, let's create conflict between them and maybe even their coach or how they feel. Cause when they're in that high, low offense and you, but you're creeping up in them and forcing them to play and the spacing isn't the same. And they know in a zone, I'm really just supposed to be moving it instead of trying to attack the paint. You know, like I, I like, I like when whatever we're doing creates conflict in the opponent's heart. Absolutely. And it makes me question, you know, we've been 90% man over, over the years Every time we play against zone, I feel like the coach, like you're just saying, and I'm like, why don't we run more zone? Because we hate playing against yeah. it. You know? Yeah, it, we we our players just turn their brains off, and we're we're always dynamic on the catch, and we're shooting open threes. Like in a, against a zone, like a two three, man, we should shoot it even faster. But like, there's been times where we're moving that ball around, and I just yell out like, I would have shot it three times by now, you know. But <laughs> we, there is there's something about like, okay. This is a zone. Now I have to be smart in play. I have to think like, no, no, no. Play instinctively like you've been playing, but you're right on the money. There's a change. Yeah, and it looks different. I think especially with the the whole dribble drive deal, if if they get you into four out, one in, and they got that kid in the dunker spot that, that is good at cleaning up offensive rebounds and you're in man and they just keep attacking you, if, if you jump into zone – they may still attack you with dribble drive principles, but it doesn't exactly look the same as what they practice. Uh, you know, the rotation is a little bit different. The straight line drives aren't there. Yep. You know, the bunker spot guy has to relocate to a little bit different spot. So it just kind of gives them a change. That's really why we're thinking about going to more zone. Glad you're thinking that way, coach, because it makes me feel better. I went to it three and a half years ago. Uh, I was a straight man to man guy. In fact, if you were played a zone, I thought you were weak. 
And, that was, <laughs> and and we're we're just we're I mean we're going back and forth from full court man to pack line. When we went pack line, we saw that our scores did this. They just nose dive down, and we want to be play more up tempo and up tempo offense and pack line defense. That's a hard mix for high school players. And uh, I was at a church. I was at church, and I saw the one of the Birdville assistant coaches, and we were talking. Asked him how his year went. And he said, oh, we're, we're about 7-1 right now. This zone we're running, it's really good. And I thought, oh, okay. okay." And I, but I asked him, I said, what is, what is it? He's like, well, it's this kind of 3-2 matchup. And this guy named Randall Durant, you know, was running it years and years ago at Keller High School. And, and I was like, okay, well, you send it to me. And, I, man, he sent it and loved what I saw, loved the position it put players in and how it changed offensively kind of their mindset. And, and we put it into the day. And I think we've run one quarter of man this last year. We we did it for one quarter in the last three and a half years and just have felt pretty comfortable with it. But there's always that fear in my head of like, are we, are they still learning how to play defense? You know, which what I believe is man to man principles, but then going back to your point and what we've discussed, I think it doesn't really matter what you're playing as long as you're using that terminology that gets them moving quick, making quick decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the thing that uh, to me, all of us have to weigh as far as program development. You know, do you feel like it's going to impede uh, what you have moving forward? And if the answer to that is no, mm-hmm. or if the answer to that is we're just going to be his own team and this is how we're playing, um, you know, I, I think that's good. You know, that's to me, that's what I, I love about not only the game of basketball, but all sports is there's so many different philosophies. And, and you know, you as the head coach, you get to choose what that is for your program and what that is for your varsity. And you know, then try to go make it happen on game night. And and so that to me is all the fun in, in learning how to coach and, and learning how to make it adjustments from there. That's also the big change from going to that that assistant chair to the head coach chair. You know, assistant you chair, you're you're just you're just supporting whatever decision he or she makes. And if it goes wrong, well, that's their fault. They I didn't choose that. <laughs> and then when it's when it's your job, though, I don't know. I felt that responsibility, not not pressure like in a fear or negative way, but just the heavy responsibility of every decision, every choice that we make plays offensive, defensive schemes, personnel. Yeah, it really affects the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to that point, I think it took me a year or two as a head coach uh, to to figure out, you know, at the end of the at the end of the game, at the end of the season, it, it's did you win? Did you lose? That's it. There is no but. There is no there there is no justification for losing or any excuse for losing. You know, when you're the head coach, it's simply all of these decisions that you made. Did it lead to a positive or did it lead to a negative? Did you win or did you lose? And and having that responsibility and that burden on you. Uh, without being able to give an explanation or without using it as an excuse. I mean, that's that's something that to me as a head coach, it, it took me a year or two to learn that there, you know, at the end of the day, it's did you win, did you lose? And that's it. There is no more next sentence. And perspective is the word, right? We want our players to never think that like they're never as great as they think they are. They're never as bad as they think they are. I think that's really important for coaches to remember too, because I, I know you're probably the same way. Even though uh, you've had a lot more success, it, wins and losses, and, and state tournament success than I don't I, than I maybe I ever will. 
but I think coaches struggle with perspective because when where things are going really well and we're winning, we may turn a blind eye to some of the mistakes and some of the areas that we still need to improve. And then when we're losing, we may think that the whole thing's going down. So there is a lot of, we, we want our players to be mentally tough, process-based, think about what's next in front of them, have a short-term memory, but we have to have that as well. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.